Hello, and welcome in to another episode of Find the Edge with Nick and Cody coming at you with our Week 16 recap, a Week 17 preview. It's been a while since we've recorded, took a bit of a hiatus last week to deal with uh, a little bit of family stuff, had Christmas going on, lots, uh, lots of stuff happening, I'm sure, in your households as well, but we had a pretty solid week as a podcast. Cody, how was your Christmas weekend? It was a good weekend. Um, I still can't figure out what day it is to start this week with Christmas falling oh on my Monday. God, and I can't keep thinking it's Monday. Yeah, football, Monday. you know, just on all day for basically three straight days. My just mentally, I'm just not uh, not recovered from it yet. But uh, yeah, it was a good weekend. Got to go home to St. Louis for a couple of days, spend some time with some family, spend some time with the, uh, the future in-laws and their family as well. So it was a good weekend. Um, I, I forgot to mention this before we hit the record button, but shout out to Nick. He is going to be in the championship game of our mini dynasty football league. So uh, shout out to you, man. That's that's awesome. Congrats. Go uh, go bring it home for the podcast. Yeah, playing against uh, probably the best man at my wedding in a year and a half. So uh, if that does not go well, I think I may be looking for a new one. Just throwing out flyers for <laughs> anyone that is interested in applying. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into this recap though. We've got a lot of games to get to a full slate, obviously no buys at this point in the season. So I wanted to jump into, uh, these games from week 16 real quick. I'll go first since I had the first one on Saturday, Pittsburgh plus three. Uh, this one was super easy. Uh, basically from the jump, Pittsburgh took an early lead and really just ran this one home. Uh, I love this bet. I only got it up about 45 minutes before the game started, uh, so my bad on that one. Hopefully a few of you saw it and followed me on it because uh, it was an easy one pretty much all the way through. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like this is just, you know, we, we've had a we've had a couple tough spot plays with Tomlin so far this year, but this was the one where uh, we got back on track uh, with just, you know, taking the, taking the points with Pittsburgh at home in a divisional game against a, a team that was probably a little overvalued in the Bengals. Yeah, 100%. Uh, basically the same same method that I used last week when I trusted them and they did not come through. If you bet it every single time, it's been hitting at 65% yep. over the length of his career. So got to appreciate it. Uh, it was a great call by Nick. We were texting during that game, and unfortunately I just did not get my picks in in time. And with the holidays and traveling and everything made that a little bit difficult. But love the Steelers this week, so I'm glad you got to take advantage of that. Um, but, yeah, it was – and, I mean – Really was never much of a sweat. They they took the lead and it, they never really came close. So, gotta love bets like that. Um, my first one here will go with the winner: Seattle at Tennessee under forty one and a half. Uh, this game looked pretty much what I thought it was going to look like for most of it. Uh, just two teams, two physical teams, kind of battling it out. Um, let's see. Final was twenty to seventeen. Seattle took a late lead to go ahead and. Uh, uh, Sorry, took a late lead late in the game to secure the win and also secured the win for me at under 41 and a half. So I uh, also I apologize. My analysis is going to be a little bit off today. I, I did not get my typical feet up on the couch red zone performance like I do on a typical Sunday. I was bouncing around uh, quite a bit this weekend, so I may not be there from an analysis standpoint, but uh, we'll we'll run through them. Yeah, I mean, even in that that Seattle game, there was 21 points scored in the fourth quarter, and we still landed on 37. So the under was definitely the play. Uh, would have been a pretty hardcore backdoor if the over had ended up hitting there. Uh, but yeah, still came through. Definitely the right side. I'll just uh, talk about the other side in that game because I had Seattle minus three and a half. Kind of a tough beat for me. Uh, this was at two and a half or three most of the week. I mentioned that when I made the post on Saturday. So hopefully you got one of those numbers because you at least pushed, if not one here. Um, but uh, I will also say that this game didn't really play out the way I thought. Seattle looked really sluggish uh, for most of it. Geno Smith just off after uh, missing a couple of weeks. Seemed like he was very rusty in this one. And uh, both these teams were really just rock fighting through the first three quarters. As I mentioned, uh, I think it was a look at it 10 to six heading into the fourth quarter. So uh, yeah, we, we ended up getting lucky. I, I had a lot of minus three tickets that all pushed. So I felt lucky for that. And I'll, I'll take the loss here because the, the, you know, the analysis was just a little off. Seattle did not uh, show up as I thought they would. 
Yeah, I was surprised that Tennessee was hanging around in this game. I, I did think that Seattle had a good chance to blow them out. But, um, yeah, like you said, it, unfortunate just where the line ended up on Saturday when you made that post because it was hovering around two Gino and a half and three pretty much all week. Yeah, Gino is bad. And he I'm not going to say Drew Locke would be that much better, but I think he may be a little bit more entertaining to watch if you were uh, as a better. But I, I don't know. that. They're gonna, they're gonna be. I ahead. think Gino will be better moving forward. He he had taken a couple weeks off. Uh, you know, sometimes these things happen, especially on the road on a short week for the rest of the team. Um, you know, not the greatest read. I I knew it was kind of a, a public play going in. I just I just really thought this uh, Titans team might have given up on the year, but defense showed some fight, and I will uh, I will own the L here by the half point. Yeah, uh, I'll talk about owning the L. Washington at the Jets under thirty seven. That one was gone. Um, <laughs> By by halftime, so sorry if it or actually it was not gone by halftime. They were at thirty four at halftime, but a uh, a quick touchdown in the third quarter by the Commanders put us over the top on that one. Uh, sorry, terrible call on my part. I was expecting to get two teams that don't really have a lot to play for, and I thought this could just be a really ugly football game. It was uh, it was a little bit more entertaining than I was expecting. So again, bad call on my part there. Um, analysis like i said was pretty much just two teams not playing for anything thought there was a chance that one of them could give up and just not really put much of a fight up we kind of saw that out of the commanders in the first half but they ended up getting it together with 21 points in the second half uh but like i said by the time the you know halfway through the third came around this was a bad bet my bad bad call on that one I mean, Jets have been an under team all year. Like you said, commanders have kind of given up the past few weeks, so I don't hate the idea, but it seems like the defenses were the side that gave up in this game, unfortunately for you. And then uh, Washington really, you know, came back. They were in, they were down three scores late in that game, so Jets playing a little prevent kind of inflated the final score line here. But I think, yeah, you were right. It was pretty much almost done by half anyway. Detroit minus three was my next one. This was another winner. Uh, I felt pretty good about this one the whole game, honestly. Even when uh, Minnesota came back and took a lead in the third quarter, I just always felt like Detroit was the better team. Mullins turning the ball over way too much, uh, even though he put up a pretty big yardage total. Uh, This Lions team just kind of showed why uh, they have been out front in the NFC North all year long. And this Minnesota team showed why uh, they have been kind of inconsistent all year long. So uh, like them in a dome, I'm actually uh, going to be probably fading this team next week. I'll explain that a little later. But Detroit minus three, uh, relatively easy win. Yep, absolutely. I wanted to be on this one with you. I like Detroit quite a bit going into this week, especially playing for uh, basically the NFC North title. So I thought that that was a good mm-hmm. bet on your part. Should have tailed you, but unfortunately did not. But shout out to the Lions. First time winning the NFC. Actually, it's their first time ever winning the NFC North. The last time they were a divisional champion, they'd won the NFC Central back in 95, 96, I think, something like that. So uh, shout out to the shout out to the Lions. Pretty cool stuff there. Uh, let's yeah, 93. T- wow. 93. Yeah. I knew it was somewhere early nineties. Wasn't but. even, <laughs> wasn't even the NFC North at that time. I think it was the NFC central. Or I, did you just, you might've just mentioned that. But, yep. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> damn. Damn. Responded to text and doing a pod. Bad combo. My bad brother. Nope. You're hundred percent right. <laughs> it was the <laughs> NFC central. Well, I was like, Oh wait, I just heard that in my ear. That's why I mentioned that. Oh shit. Uh, uh, Just move on to the next game, please. I got you. Let's talk about another <laughs> loser here. Indiana, Indianapolis plus three at Atlanta. Uh, this one kind of stunk. I thought that the Colts were going to have a lot more fight in this game, obviously playing for a playoff spot. I guess the Falcons are technically as well. Uh, but their offense just really never got going. Their Gardner Minshew had kind of a down game from what his season has been. Obviously, the running attack we kind of expected to be a little hit or miss with Zach Moss being out, Jonathan Taylor's first week back from the thumb injury. But I just thought they'd be able to get a little bit more going. Also, Michael Pittman being a rather late scratch kind of probably is what burned me more than anything in this game. Uh, But it is what it is. Uh, I'm ultimately not too upset about it. It's my own fault for taking any bets in the NFC South because I'm – my, I went through and looked, and by far my worst record betting on betting on or against teams is in the NFC South. So for these last two weeks, I should probably do my best to just completely avoid that division. 
Yeah, the Michael Pittman injury, I think you hit on the key point there, really showed how much he means to that team. They really uh, just did – they needed that dimension of their offense that uh, they could not provide in this one. So uh, is what it is. Yeah, Atlanta pretty much controlled that one throughout. Uh, my next winner, Miami, minus one and a half. Just squeaked this one in there uh, as a two-point win. Uh, my Basically, my thought process going in here, we didn't get a chance to talk about this game. I was actually – this is probably my number one bet on the week just because – uh, I read some analysis about how Dallas, basically, uh, that game did not matter to them at all. Obviously, for the one seed, uh, now that we know that San Francisco ended up losing Monday night, it could end up mattering for them in that respect. But uh, for the division, they need to win these last two games against NFC opponents, and they needed the Eagles to lose one of their last three games, and they would win the tiebreaker with or without this Miami win in that situation. So, um that was basically my thought process going in. They were also missing Tyron Smith, and uh, the name is escaping me, but he is their defensive tackle, their big run stuffer. Uh, he was out of this game as well, Jonathan Hankins. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it showed. Tyron Smith's absence was huge. Uh, Miami got four sacks in this one. All of them mattered quite a bit. And even though the offense did not show up to the degree I thought it might, they ended up getting just enough to kick the game-winning field goal there at the end and win by two. So... Uh, got a little lucky on this one. Uh, Miami did not. Again, I thought that they would have a little more success on offense than they did, but we'll take the win any way we can get them. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, So this one was on during my family's Christmas, so I tried to keep an eye on it during dinner and during opening gifts and everything like that. But um, I, I'm looking at the stat sheet, and Dak does, doesn't have as bad of a game stat-wise, as I kind of felt that he had while I was watching the game. He just kind of looked like he was a little out of sorts uh, when they were on offense, obviously helping Miami come back uh, and win that game. But, yeah, that was, that was a good call by you. I, I, Whenever I saw that your best bet was Miami – or one of yours was Miami minus one and a half, when they came all the way down to the very end of that field goal, I was like, wow, that is that is a nice little Christmas present right for Nick nose. right there. Vegas knows. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. got to love that. Uh, but yeah, and yeah, good, good on Miami. They obviously, that was their first win against a team over 500 on the season. Uh, now both them and Dallas each have one. So I think that was just good for them going into the playoffs, uh, to at least get one good win over a good opponent. Uh, for me, I also had a little bit on this game. I had the over in this game. I thought it was going to be a little bit higher scoring. Uh, it was over 48 and a half. Unfortunately, they only got up to 42, uh, but like you said, Miami's offense really didn't get going to the extent that they normally can. Uh, Dallas did a pretty good job stopping the run um, on on their end. Um, and then also on the, you know, throwing the ball-wise, Jalen Waddell getting injured did not help at all. But even Tyreek, nine catches for only 99 yards. You know, if he has a nine-catch game, you could almost expect him to, you know, eclipse 100, if not 150, and a mm-hmm. touchdown. Yeah, so – yeah, uh, like I said, had it. a little unlucky about it, but I'm not too upset. I think if these two teams found a way to uh, face off in the Super Bowl, I think that there's a chance it could be a high-scoring game, uh, just not this time around. Yeah, five field goals for Miami, too. Uh, so they just could Kill not it. cash in in the red zone. Uh, we were able to string together some drives there, uh, but, yeah, just could not finish them off. Uh, and Dallas, oh my God, that, that one possession where they had, uh, they ended up fumbling on the one, uh, where Miami, that, that, that was it right there for you, because if they score that touchdown, there's a very good chance this game ends up going over Tony Pollard. I'm sure you've seen the clips of him getting the toss play out to the left. He could have just walked in if he'd just gone towards the pylon, but he cuts up field, gets stuffed. And then the next play is the fumble. So. Uh, yeah, I think I think the analysis was there. Just just some bad luck here with the uh, the poor red zone play from the, the Dolphins and then the Cowboys doing whatever that was on the goal line. Yeah. My last winner of the weekend was the sweetest game of the weekend. Las Vegas plus ten and a half. Another no sweat bet here. Easy win uh, as the Raiders actually go into Arrowhead and just win it straight out. Uh, I thought the Chiefs were getting a little overvalued here uh, because of their win against the New England Patriots, which wasn't quite as impressive as uh, it may have seemed on paper. And because of the fact that the Chiefs had beaten the Raiders by 14 a couple weeks ago, I think a lot of people just kind of thought this game would go similarly to that one. But the Raiders defense showed up and the Chiefs offense did not. 
gave them two touchdowns going the other way on two consecutive offensive plays, and it was basically a wrap uh, from then on out as far as the cover was concerned. So Las Vegas plus 10.5, an, an early Christmas present for your boy. Or actually, that was on Christmas, so a, a right-on-time Christmas present for your boy. Yeah, Santa Santa came a little bit late, but still on time for you there on Christmas Day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this was a terrible one to watch. I, I was at... I disagree. Um, well, this is, I'll explain why. I don't know. Look, every team's going to have terrible games, no matter what, no matter what opponent. I mean, that's going to happen yeah. in the NFL. But having to watch it at Victoria's family's house during Christmas and listen to all these people that don't really understand football just talk yeah. about how the season's over with and how we might as well just give up this and give up that. Mahomes should just sit if he doesn't trust his wide receivers. I was like, oh my God. Oh, it, it made the game that was already feeling really long feel twice as long having to having to listen to all that. But um, it, 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 it's just funny. Me. If you follow me on Twitter, I tweeted out the worst part about football games on Christmas is having to listen to people that don't know what they're talking about mm-hmm. yell at the TV screen. So, uh, yeah, it sucked, man. That was a terrible game to watch. And, I mean, the Raiders – I mean, their offense really didn't even do enough to cover the spread. They got two defensive touchdowns in seven seconds that basically won them this game. Um, they're, they did not have a single passing yard outside of the first quarter, which was remarkable. Yeah, to lose I was game just that about way. to mention that. Yeah, that's, um, that's an outstanding stat. Yeah, and then just, I mean, from a Chiefs fan, Mahomes looks like he's just lost out there. Doesn't like, I mean, it's there's one thing to just say that the wide receivers can't get open or, or anything like that, but – if you're you're snapping the ball and within two and a half seconds you're running towards the sideline, either trying to run for a couple of yards or throw the football away, and he was just he looked completely discombobulated. I, some of it also has to come down to coaching because if you if your offensive line is going to struggle that bad, you have to just have dump down passes. I mean, Clyde had a couple or had at least one big catch and run. I know McKinnon's not there, but I mean you could you could have Kelsey play in the screen game. You can have Clyde. You can you know get you know, Rashi Rice involved in that kind of uh, facet as well. None of that was present in this game. Um, As a fan, you hope that it's just something that they, you know, they kind of know that they're going to be in the playoffs at this point, maybe don't want to expose some of their game plan for that, but this was just terribly pathetic. So I I, I can't even use that excuse because it was rough. Um, Yeah. You have any other comments? I'm sure you have, sure you could talk about this one (laughs) a little bit more. I could. Yeah. The offensive line play was definitely just probably the most jarring part of the game. Uh, Never, you know, you just don't expect that unit to play that poorly. I think that's the, that you can expect to bounce back though. Obviously the receivers are a problem. Kelsey uh, taking a step back this year is a problem. Uh, But I think the offensive line play, you can expect to bounce back. You didn't have any major injuries that I am aware of. And sometimes you just have a bad game against a team that knows you pretty well. And um, yeah, so I think if you're the Chiefs, that part of the game plan, you can probably expect to be better moving forward. The rest of it is what it is at this point. We've seen enough uh, from that receiver core to know what they are. Yep, absolutely. And then I will uh, run through this last one for you real quick. Baltimore plus six at San Francisco. They end up winning outright 33 to 19. Great uh, pretty easy win. Easy. Uh, going into halftime, they had the lead. They scored two quick touchdowns to start the third quarter. Really never looked back after that point. So I uh, got to feel pretty good about that one. And then I did want to mention on the post, I did say I wanted to trust Carolina plus four at home, but couldn't give myself to, to back Bryce that. Young again. <laughs> so uh, if you did happen to tail all six of them, you at least got uh, got back to even on the week if you ended up taking that one as well. So, uh, But a, a two and three week for me, four and one for Nick. So shout out to Nick. He takes a little bit of a lead here in our season-long competition. We will not be tied going into three straight weeks in a row. So got to love that. Uh, overall, we are 74, 58, and eight. So if you've tailed every single bet all season long, you would be up 9.3 units on the season. So... Uh, not oh, yeah. too bad. Got to love that. Um, Nick, any last comments from week 16? Are you ready to jump into 17? Let's do it, brother. All right, let's go. Thursday night football, Jets at Browns, Cleveland, and the uh, resurgent Joe Flacco favored by seven points at home over under 36 and a half. Uh, as much as I love the story of Joe Flacco leading the Browns to the promised land, uh, I think this line is just a little too big for me against a good defense, and there's no way I can back the Jets in this spot, Cody. 
this is a pretty easy stay away for me, um, especially on a Thursday night where weird things just seem to always happen. So I, I don't want to try to guess where it's going to go here. Yep, I'm right there with you. I I mean, if I was going to back one side on this one, I think it would be the Jets just because I expect Joe Flacco to have some kind of a fall on his face kind of game after these past couple of weeks. So, uh, but I'm not, I'm not going to be in the business of banking on the jets to do that. Their defense definitely could, but any, any given week, their offense is a complete liability to score points. So I think it's too much to back the Browns, but I don't feel confident enough on the jets. So going to stay away from it uh, over under 36 and a half. I'm probably staying away from that as well. The primetime unders are starting to swing back uh, closer yeah. to the, you know, the equal. What We've I'm missed wondering. the boat on the primetime. There you primetime go. Unders. Great so way it was to a say fun it. ride, but it's, it's, a, it's done. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think, I think the, the unders the play here, if you're just looking at it from a schematic standpoint, you have two really good defenses, Joe Flacco playing over his head and Trevor Simeon on the other side, but the odds of a defensive touchdown are not high enough that I want to bet on it, but are high enough. I just want to stay away from the under. So uh, I think this game is a pretty clear stay away, especially because the next standalone game here on Saturday night, I have a very strong lean Detroit at Dallas Cowboys favored by six points here over under a very juicy 53 and a half. Cody, I'm going to throw it to you first. I just want to hear your thoughts on it because uh, I know where I'm going and uh, I don't know. I I think I I feel like we're going to be on the same side of this one. Yeah, I man, I don't really know because I think I think you can make a good argument for both teams. You obviously got the Lions. uh I mean, the Lions being six-point underdogs to really just about any team in the NFL is a little surprising. Uh, I know their their secondary is not the best, but I still have you know pretty good confidence in their team overall coming off of uh, winning the NFC North and still fighting for some playoff uh, position. You know, if they beat Dallas this week and, and the Eagles lose another game, I believe they would jump up to the number two team, and that would give them mm-hmm. two at-home playoff games. That could be huge for Detroit, obviously with Jared Goff not loving to play outside historically. Uh, but also on the Dallas side, I, I, like I said, was not very impressed by their performance against the Dolphins in a pseudo-primetime game on – what night was that? I guess that was Sunday night. I guess that would be Sunday night football. Sunday evening. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, yeah, Sunday afternoon. See, I am just so off with how everything fell this past week. But I could (laughs) see them also having a pretty resurgent game. I could see CeeDee Lamb going absolutely crazy against Detroit secondary to keep them somewhat in it. But um, personally, I think if I'm going to put anything on it, I would lean the Detroit side. But I am not – I do not have a super strong lean either way. Love the Cowboys in this matchup. Um, They're coming off two tough losses on the road. We've seen it. Pretty consistently so far this year, this team plays much, much better at home. Detroit's offense obviously plays a lot better in a dome too, so they will have that advantage on their side, but uh, they just need this game a whole lot more than the Lions do. Uh, They just locked up the division. There's been all this talk about them winning their first division title in the last 30 years, uh, last week against the Vikings. And you 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 mentioned that they do have some seeding implications here, but they're not huge. Uh, the Giants, or excuse me, the Eagles would have to lose one of their two games. They're going to be favored by double digits in both of them. Um, and then San Francisco, again, would have to do the same in uh, a couple games. They are favored very big in. So the one seed is still in play. It's unlikely, though. Uh, and I could just see this Detroit team kind of taking their uh, foot off the gas, so to speak, in Dallas. They need it. They're at home, and this is a team I think that they can exploit. Like you mentioned, I think Ceedee Lamb's going to go for. Man, if I could, if I could bet a prop on Ceedee Lamb going for over two hundred yards, I would bet it. Especially because I'm playing against <laughs> him in our championship matchup this week. Uh, I think he's absolutely going to eat against this line secondary. Uh, yeah, if this thing stays at seven or under, it's going to be in my five. You can lock that in. I almost might. I like the over too. I know it's huge over, but. These offenses just match up very, very well against these respective defenses, and both of these teams play very, very well in domes uh, on the offensive side of the ball. So could see a lot of points here, but I see Dallas winning uh, by about 10. Well, with someone who has Dak Prescott as quarterback of a fantasy matchup team and Amon Ross St. Brown as his wide receiver one, give me that high-scoring affair all day long. That would be be wonderful for me. You're going to get it. Absolutely. But yeah, I, and like I said, I was, I do not have a strong lean either way. I honestly don't mind Dallas minus six either. I think you made a really good I point. would, 
Personally, I'd lock in Dallas minus six. Sometimes we tell you to wait on these lines. I don't think this thing is coming back closer to Detroit. I think if anything, it's going to go closer to seven, maybe even seven and a half because the Sharps sure. are going to be, I would guess the Sharps are going to be all over Dallas. I have not looked at any of our uh, our sports line info so far. It's pretty early in the week anyway, so uh, I don't know if it tells us a ton, uh, but I would imagine this is going to be the public on Detroit because it's such a big number, and then these sharps will be on Dallas because it's uh, it's just kind of a spot play for them. Yep. Right now, we are getting zero information. 50% of bets on the Cowboys, 50% of money on the Cowboys. So it is split wow. right down the middle between the two <laughs> right incredible. now. That's incredible. Absolutely. We'll see how it how it develops, but uh, that, that would be my guess. Uh, but yeah, I like, like the Cowboys a lot in this spot. Yeah, don't blame you. New England at Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo Bills minus 12 over under is 41. Another game I am just going to absolutely stay away from. Uh, that's a lot of points. Uh, this Buffalo team has been a little up and down so far this year. They're on a roll right now, but they just laid an egg in the in L.A. last weekend. Got a little lucky to come out with the win there. I could see them blowing this New England team out, but that is a lot of points to lay against a pretty good defense. So uh, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm probably just uh, avoiding this one. Yeah, I really want to take Buffalo minus 12, but that backdoor yeah. cover is probably going to be available just about the entire game. And I don't know if I want to sweat one out all the way to the end. So I uh, could probably get talk, be talked off of it, but I uh, I have been very high on the Buffalo Bills the past couple of weeks. Honestly, Probably a little lucky that I did not get my picks in until that game had already been started because I may have taken Buffalo last week as well. Just, oh, really? um, yeah, I and it's probably just me being a little bit of a sucker and not really thinking it through all the way. But I just a team that is playing for absolutely everything for the third straight week in a row. I mean, I just I, against a team that's literally playing for nothing and really snuck out with a win um, when they probably shouldn't have. So. Yeah, but like you said, I just the New England's defense Yikes. is too good. That backdoor cover is probably going to be available the entire game, and there's just a, a complete possibility Buffalo lays an egg and they only win this game by seven or a field goal or something like that. So there's just too many possibilities. I don't see a clear outcome in this game, but if Buffalo ends up blowing out New England, I would not be surprised whatsoever. No, I wouldn't be either. Um yeah, I mean, I think I think I would lean Buffalo too if I had to lean one way or another. They kind of got their egg, so to speak, out of the way last week. You see a lot of times when that happens with good teams, they they come, you know, with a uh, you know a bit a bit of energy the next week to kind of show that that was not uh, who they are. The Patriots got their big emotional win on the road against my shitty Denver Broncos last week, so they could see a bit of a uh, you know maybe they they only have two games left. They might just be folding it in at this point in the season uh but 12 is a really big number For we'll sure. see if this uh this thing goes one way or the other uh before saturday and hopefully that tells us a little bit more falcons at bears bears minus three over under 38 this uh this one feels like a classic coin flip game to me uh you're getting the three on the bears just because they're at home i bet this would be the same number towards the falcons if it was in atlanta um i yeah again i i don't know i think i think weather would help me make this decision i know atlanta's a running team too but for some reason i just trust justin fields and the bears more in that atmosphere uh i don't know i, I right now i don't have a strong lane at all what do you think i'm right there with you i am going to be doing my best to avoid these nfc south teams because every time i feel like i have a read yeah. on them i i end up just with egg on my face because i end up picking the wrong side so my my inclination would tell me go ahead and take the Bears minus three just because, again, not having the Carolina pick, they don't necessarily care if they end up winning these games. Justin Fields looking good is just going to do nothing but help increase his trade value if they choose to go that route. So uh, I do think Chicago could play a really good game. Their defense has played solid coming off of a big win, but – I mean, just any time I bet against Atlanta, they just that that decides to be the week that they decide to play good. And any time I bet against right. them, it, the game is coming down to the wire whether they're going to cover or not. So I'm just going to avoid them at this point in the season. Yeah, we can just move on from this game. Maybe the number goes one way or the other and uh, tells us a little more uh, by Saturday. But I think both of us uh, are probably off of this one. Another one I feel pretty similarly about Raiders at Colts, Colts minus three, over-unders 44. Uh, another one where Indy, Indy and Atlanta playing last week is kind of a funny, uh, 
it's a funny dynamic because both of these teams are just so un- unpredictable week to week. Uh, the Colts somehow eight and seven at this point in the year. Uh, I just really don't know what to expect from them. I feel like this number would have been probably five or six before last week. So I think you want to take Indy if you're going one way or the other, but I don't know if I trust them in, uh, you know, to cover anything, especially against a defense that's been a little resurgent. So another game I don't, uh, I don't think I'm going to, I'm going to play this one, one way or the other. I have some other ones that like more coming up later. Yeah, if the number's three and I know Michael Pittman's playing, I think I'm okay with being on the Colts side of things. Um, But Mm -hmm. if he's going to be questionable all week, I'm not placing that bet until I know that he's going to be in the game. Uh, But if he is in the game, I do not mind taking the Colts minus three in this one. The Raiders are coming off of a massive win on Christmas Day against the Chiefs that we just got done discussing. So definitely a chance for them to come back to earth a little bit. And the Colts... I don't want to say got embarrassed against the Falcons, but definitely a game you expected them to stay in a little bit more. Jonathan Taylor, another week back uh, coming off of his thumb injury. So I, I just, I like the way that the Colts are kind of looking. I like the way they've looked all season. I'm just, I'm a little bit nervous with them because this could definitely just be, uh, you know, a pig with lipstick and they are going to just kind of fall flat on their face to end the season. And, you know, the Menchu mania just kind of (laughs) kind of just runs out. So I like Colts minus three, but I'm going to wait to hear about Michael Pittman a little bit before I, I pull the trigger on that one. Yeah, line value is probably on the Colts. Like I said, the look ahead was most likely five or six here towards the Colts. It's come down to three because of last week's action. Without any major injuries one way or the other, you probably want to, you usually want to play the team that's getting the points coming their way For in sure. that situation. So, uh, yeah, like you said, though, Pittman's huge. I would probably wait to hear at least a practice report update on him. Rams at Giants, our next game here. Rams, six-point road favorites over-unders, 42. I have a bit of a lean in this one. Um, I, I'm going to throw it to you first cause I want to hear where you're at, but I think this, uh, these last three games I haven't been too interested in. This one has my ears up a bit. Yeah. If Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback for the giants, I think you got to take the giants plus the points. He's a covering machine. Yes, so if he's, yes, if he's sir. starting for him, I, I would take Tyrod. If it's DeVito or I guess it would only other be DeVito. I will take the Rams minus six, but if uh, Tyrod's coming in, you got to take the giants plus six. At home. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. Tyrod's got to be starting, but if it's him, I I really like the Giants to cover in this spot. Uh, The Rams have a huge look ahead to the 49ers next week. Obviously, they need both of these games probably to assure their playoff spot or at least one of them. Uh, So it's not like this game is not important to them, but uh, just a classic, you know, West Coast team traveling East Coast, playing a one o'clock spot, getting a pretty big number uh, against a team. Uh, in the Giants that the public is not going to be touching. I think this thing actually came down from six and a half to six. So that tells you sharps are on the Giants. I think you could see this thing go back towards seven. So you might get a little lucky uh, by Saturday and have this be a bigger number, but I'd be okay with it at six. I think there's a chance it finds its way into my five. I'm going to have to, uh, I might, I might talk myself into some of these other games later on, but I like the Giants. It has to be Tyrod though. Like Cody said, if it's, if it's DeVito or I guess it, Really, he's the only other option. But if it's DeVito, I'm probably just off the game completely. Yep, 100% agree with you. Cardinals at Eagles. Eagles, 10.5 point home favorites over under 47.5. Another game. I uh, this, one I, this one is another Dallas game. I have a pretty strong lean here. And uh, it's going to be towards Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. I think this is just way too big of a number for this Eagles team right now. Uh, especially coming off that sluggish game against the Giants. Uh, I don't know, Cody, what say you before I uh, jump into my analysis? I want to get your opinion. Yeah, I, gosh, there's a lot of bigger spreads this week. I don't necessarily love that. Um, I'm probably avoiding this game when it comes down to it. I don't necessarily love these bigger spreads anyway, but yeah, it's a lot of points to, you know, to give up. My only thing is I could just – I don't see the Cardinals giving up as a team because you know their coach isn't going to get fired after the one season. Uh, and they've looked good yeah. on defense and spots, so he's kind of been doing what he can with what he has. But their team is just ultimately not that good. Um, but Phillies isn't really that great either. You know, they have a lot of questions on defense. Uh, it's really just going to come down to if Kyler Murray can put points up on the board because as sluggish as the Philly offense does look at times, they they have the ability to turn it on. And, you know, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, DeAndre Swift, they can kind of just get it going. And then, obviously, if they get it down on the one- or two-yard line, it's almost a guaranteed touchdown as long as 
there's no false start or offensive offsides called or anything like that. So I I'm staying away from this one. Those spreads just too big and I'm not too confident on either team, but Nick, let's, let's hear why you are on the Arizona Cardinals at plus 10 and a half. I, I just like, I like that we're getting over 10 here. I like Kyler against this Eagles secondary that has been very leaky, especially the last couple of weeks. Um, I think this is another game Philly. I'm not going to say it's a look ahead spot because they play the giants next week. So they need both of these games to secure the division. Uh, but it's just a game that I don't know if you're really going to get up for Arizona, one of the worst two or three teams in the league, and they've really earned that title. Uh, they are, like you said, just talent deficient on both sides of the ball. But, uh, we saw with the giants last week, they went up 21 to three and the giants still clawed their way back into the game and covered the spread pretty easily at the end of the day. I think even if we go down 14, 21 in the second or third quarter, we're still going to have a pretty good chance of getting the back door here. And then there's always the chance, you know, Jalen Hurts has, uh, you know, a turnover or two in this one and really just keeps us in it throughout. So uh, I like this Arizona offense to get me enough points. Uh, maybe it happens in the fourth quarter, but uh, to keep this within 10, I think if this thing comes under that number, I will probably just be off of it. But at 10 and a half, I like the Cardinals. I think if you're on the same side as Nick here, you can feel pretty good just going and taking the 10.5. I don't think there's going to be enough big money on the Eagles to push this number up too much more. So if your book's going to give you the hook at 10.5, I would be okay taking it. Opened it opened to 12. Oh, okay. It probably should go ahead. So it's already come down. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I would, I would agree with you. That's a good good call. I'd probably grab the 10.5 because I think it'll only go uh, towards the towards the Cardinals at this point, if anything. But yeah. Uh, over under yeah, we'll over under on this game 47 and a half that intrigues me more than the spread i think i like that under quite a bit uh gotta hope that oh, really? philadelphia doesn't turn it on too much on this team but like you said if philadelphia is a little bit sluggish i don't think the cardinals are the offense this year that are just going to be able to put up a bunch of points so i could see if arizona covers i could see this under hitting as well Saints at Bucks, another divisional clash here. Buccaneers three-point favorites at home, over-unders 42.5. This is another one. I think I have a few games. Uh, you can throw that Rams and Giants game in the mix that they're all kind of like four to eight for me this week. Uh, this one is probably in that bucket, uh, and I like the Saints side. Um Cody, do you want me to go first or do you want to go? Go for it. I'm not touching the NFC South, so it's all you. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll get, just give it quick. This is just a spot play. Uh, I think, you know, the Baker hype is pretty pretty high right now. He has played. Uh, they've won four in a row, I believe, and the last two games Baker's played out of his mind well. Uh, I think this is just a spot where, you know, you're kind of fading the uh, the peak on Baker and the Saints. They've been burning betters all year long. They just didn't cover on the road against the Rams last week, but their offense looked pretty good. I think the defense can do enough here to keep this thing close, uh, you know, in the division, especially on the road. We want to take the team getting points. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's mostly a spot play. I don't have a ton of confidence in the Saints, but I think the Bucks are just riding really high right now and we could see a a dud game from Baker. I think people have just forgotten that that is something he likes to do uh, pretty much every other week. But, you know, if we the, the coin has landed on the right side for Baker three weeks in a row, don't let that fool you, though. He is, uh, you know, I don't think he's a change man. Yep. I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I want to be on New Orleans so bad, but every time I go against Baker Mayfield in Tampa Bay, he has made me pay this year. So um, I'm – I could get talked into it. I want to stay away from the NFC South just because I have not been able to call these teams very well this season. But, yeah, this is definitely a, an egg-on-the-face kind of game that Baker Mayfield can come out with. And the New Orleans Saints offense is finally looking like the offense that you know we kind of thought it could turn into. Chris Olave has been coming uh, into his own. Rashid Shaheed actually yeah. had some pretty uh, solid plays this past weekend or past week against the Rams. So, yeah, I like New Orleans in this spot. This definitely could be one where they go into Tampa Bay and upset them. I think New Orleans did they get did they get eliminated with that loss to the Rams, or if they went out, could they still? No, they're uh, they're seven and eight, and Tampa's eight and seven. Yeah, so, so they're, they're all still, right they, there. They win this one, they will be. I don't know how the tiebreaker shake out, but they will both be eight and eight, so they'll at least have a chance. Okay, yeah. So I I, I like New Orleans, like Nick said in this one. Uh, just I I would love to see just a Baker. 
a little bit of a flop game just because he has made me pay the past couple weeks betting against him, waiting for it to happen. Yeah, I think the I think the public money could come in here on Baker and the Bucks too, and we get this thing up to three and a half. If we get three in the hook, I will love this game. But at three, I just like it. So uh, we'll see by Saturday where it stands. 49ers at the Commanders over under 48 and a half. 49ers 13 and a half point road favorites. Not going to touch this one personally. Another big spread here. Uh, and this one, I just don't have a strong lean on. I was very surprised to see uh, this thing was at 13 and a half before the 49ers game started and it did not move an inch. So I think that tells you the books kind of want you to bet the commanders, but do I want to lay that big of a number on the road in a game that the 49ers can probably coast and win this thing pretty easily? I don't know. What say you? Nope. 100% staying away from it because I want to be on the Washington side, but Kyle Shanahan going back to Washington after all the stuff that happened there between him being fired, his dad being fired and all the other kind of bad blood that they have. I could see him just wanting to absolutely throttle the commanders, especially in a down season like they have now. So uh, because of that, it's a little bit too big of a spread for me to confidently give the 49ers minus basically two touchdowns. But uh, if if we look up on Sunday and, and he is just coasting through this game, I would not be surprised whatsoever. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll stay away for now. Potential for this one to move into our five if some weird line movement happens, but I think there are other games that we like more. Panthers at Jags. Jags, seven-point home favorites here, over under 37.5. Quietly, Jacksonville has lost four games in a row now. Uh, The Panthers actually looked pretty good on offense against the Packers last week. Uh, That defense has been horrible lately, though. Uh, The Green Bay defense has, so hard to know. Uh, if it was the chicken or the egg there, but um, yeah, another game I don't have too strong of feelings about. This one would probably be on the periphery of you know my it'd be like eight, nine, or ten. Right now, I'd be leaning towards uh, the Jaguars. Just they I think they really, really need this one, need to bounce back from these four straight losses, and they have a pretty bad team at home to do it against. But Seven still a pretty big number against a decent defense and a struggling Trevor Lawrence, so uh, I, I don't love it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're it's not just Trevor Lawrence either. Their entire offense is struggling. Um, obviously, his his ankle injury probably causes a lot of that because he just doesn't have the normal mobility that he would have, uh, like he was showing earlier in the season. But I mean, their run game as a total they they had thirty seven total yards running the football last weekend. That's that's never going to get it done in the NFL. You have to be able to commit a little bit more to the run. Uh, Travis Etienne, six, only six rushing opportunities for 12 yards. You know, Even if you're down in a football game, you still got to try and get that ground game going, I think, a little bit, especially when your quarterback is at least a little bit hampered physically. So I can see Jacksonville doing it. Um, I Again, I'm not going to bet on Carolina because I don't mind Carolina plus seven. I feel like they're still getting disrespected for a team that's you know putting some pretty good defensive performances out there. Obviously, their defense mm-hmm. didn't look great against Green Bay last week, but I still have a little bit of confidence in them. But I'm probably staying away from this one right now as well. Um, don't mind the over of 37 and a half, though, just because, like you said, this is a get-right game for Jacksonville, and Carolina's offense is – sneakily been getting a little bit better and better as the season goes on. Yeah, that is a low number. I don't mind playing that. Uh, maybe wait to see what the weather is like in Jacksonville. Um, but 37 and a half is not too bad. Dolphins at Ravens, probably the game of the week from an NFL standpoint. Over-unders 47, the Ravens four-point home favorites here, Cody. Oh, it makes me, uh, it gives me the heebies, uh, but I think I like the Dolphins on the road here with the points. Um, this thing came up from three to four after the Ravens beat the Niners, rightfully so. They look fantastic. Uh, but for whatever reason, man, this Dolphins team has had the Ravens number the past couple of years. Obviously last year they had that thriller uh, where Tua came back in late in the fourth quarter and ended up winning that one. Uh, there was a game, uh, I don't know if it was two years ago or three, but Baltimore was riding pretty high, came into Miami on a Thursday night, and Tua beat him then as well. Mm. Uh, But I think this is a spot where you just take the points because everybody's going to be on this Ravens team after last week. 
Yeah, they are going to be the public darling after uh, putting it on the 49ers for sure. Uh, I'm a little bit scared betting Miami. Uh, they will have, obviously, Tyree Kill, but Jalen Waddle is most likely going to be out for the remainder of the regular season. Yeah. So that is a big part of it. It does let the Ravens really good defense be able to hyper focus on one one you know really fast wide receiver instead of two uh but i think four is a little bit too much to lay if i was getting this closer to a, a field goal i think i'd feel a little bit better about it but uh this could definitely come down to you know like nick likes to say a coin flip game where a field goal decides it at the end and um i i just don't want to be i don't want baltimore to kick a game winning field goal and me miss out on winning that bet by a point so Probably going to stay away from it. I don't love Miami plus the points as much as Nick does, but uh, if if the Sharps do and they can get this number down to Baltimore minus three, I think I'd be pretty excited to take that side of it. Yeah, I don't. I think this thing almost might get bigger. Um, Probably just because it started at three, up to four now, and yeah, like I said earlier, I think this uh, the public's just going to be all over this Ravens team. Even though Miami had a pretty big win against the Dallas Cowboys, did not look as impressive as the Ravens For did sure. on the road against the Niners. Obviously, blowing them out uh, in their own building. Uh, yeah, so we'll see by Saturday. If this thing gets up to four and a half, five, I will probably have Miami in my five. But it, right for right now, it falls into that four to eight bucket I was talking about earlier. Titans at Texans. Texans, three and a half point home favorites. Over-unders, 42 and a half. Uh, I really have no analysis on this game. I need to hear more about C.J. Stroud. I would want to be on the Texans if he's in. Uh, but him being out with a couple weeks from a concussion kind of scares me because that tells me this is a... Maybe a, you know, one of those ones that is, you know, we always say non, they're nonlinear injuries. And it seems like if they're keeping it, if they cupped him out these past couple of weeks when they really needed these games, he probably has a pretty bad concussion and maybe should not be playing in this game, but they might force him back in anyway, just because they need it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't love it either way. Probably just uh, staying away for now. Yeah, absolutely. I'm staying away from this one as well, at least until we hear more about C.J. Stroud's concussion. Um, you know, if we can get some really positive news and the number stays under under four, four and a half, I don't yeah. mind taking the Houston side of it, but um, got to hear some positive news. Like Nick said, even if, you know, he gets cleared to play, it's a little bit concerning for, you know, a concussion to hold someone out for two weeks when a lot of concussions this season have held people out for at least one week, but we have not seen one at least of a star quarterback be held out multiple weeks due to concussions. So that is a little bit concerning uh, if you're a Houston backer. Steelers at Seahawks. Seahawks, similarly, three and a half point home favorites over unders 41 and a half. I like the Seahawks here, Cody. I know I just stepped in it with them three and a half last week and lost by that half point, but uh, this is, again, this is another spot where I'm sure all the trends we look at are going to tell us to take Tomlin plus three and a half, but I'm not going to be fooled. This year's team is different, in my opinion. It is a bad Pittsburgh Steelers team. Last week against the Bengals was a spot play against a really overvalued Cincinnati Bengals team at home. This is a Seattle Seahawks team that is reinvigorated and has a lot on the line. Um, Pittsburgh traveling across the country here. Don't trust their defense the same way I do at home in Pittsburgh. I think Seattle can win this game by a touchdown. They match up pretty well, in my opinion. And uh, Mason Rudolph throwing two bomb touchdowns to George Pickens is fun to watch. Is it sustainable? I don't think so. I think the Seahawks are uh, a much better team than the Steelers, and they will win this one by about seven. Yeah, it's um, – I, I want to, like you said, I want to go ahead and just back – Tomlin, like I said earlier, if you do it every single time, it's that been 65%. Absolutely. Uh, but I I have not actually found a breakdown of this. I might do it before we record or try and find it. I want to know what his record is with each quarterback because you know a lot of that has to basically come from Big Ben and him being sure. really good as underdogs. I'm sure if we go back and look at the few games that Mason Rudolph has all, start, Rudolph has all started as an underdog, <laughs> yeah. probably not hitting at 65%. Point. So uh, because of Mason Rudolph, I'll be avoiding Pittsburgh in this one. Um, I could be talked into Seattle. I I'm, wasn't too high looking at this game beforehand, but could definitely get talked into that side of things, uh, fighting for absolutely everything right now. Um, and I think they're they're overall a pretty good team. They're just going to have a little bit of limitation at quarterback. But like you said also earlier, you know, Geno Smith is going to be coming back. 
second week off of his injury should see a little bit of improvement from what we saw this past week. Yeah, I think uh, you, you laid that out pretty well with the, the Geno Smith factor. I think he should be better in this one. And um, yeah, I'll have that. This is one I'll have to do a little bit of research on. I'll have to find a trend or two that can back me for me to be comfortable putting it in my five. But uh, if I can, I think it's a strong contender right now. Chargers at Broncos. My Broncos, five and a half point home favorites over unders 38 and a half. <sighs> Another game. I This is just a puke game. No one's going to be watching it other than people that have money on it. Um, I, I, I feel like I want to be on the Broncos just because the Chargers just had, you know, their impressive game against the Bills with a new coach and the Denver Broncos just laid an egg on national television against uh, one of the two or three worst teams in the league. But I could also see this Denver team just giving up on Russ and the season because they know they're pretty much eliminated. So I think I'm just, I'm staying away if, if, for, if for no other reason that I just do not want to lay eyes on this football game. Yeah, absolutely. And you can't blame the team for if they choose to give up on Russ because it it certainly looks like Sean Payton is ready to give up on Russell Wilson as well. So well, he's a good coach for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. Uh <laughs> yeah, I think you said it right. I, I the only people that are going to be watching are the people that have money on it. So uh for maybe my sake, I will just avoid this one entirely. Do not have a strong lean. Um, wouldn't be surprised if Denver can come out and cover this spread against, like you said, the Chargers kind of had their resurgence game against the Bills last week. Definitely could see them kind of falling flat, knowing that their season's over with. Uh, I guess Denver technically is fighting for something, but like you said, I could also see the other side of this where this team just kind of gives up on Russ and uh, is just ready for a fresh start next season. Yeah, this is one, like we mentioned earlier, with that indie game. I think the the look ahead in this one is probably seven, seven and a half, maybe eight towards Denver, just because, you know, we were expecting them to be coming off another win against the Patriots in a playoff spot, really, really needing this one at home against Easton Stick and the Chargers, who have looked really bad. But, uh, yeah, so again, I, I don't want to talk anymore about this game. Bengals at Chiefs. Chiefs down to seven-point favorites in this one, over-unders 44 and a half. Oh man, I I do not like betting on this Chiefs team right now, but I feel like the value may have come down to them at this point. It's another one in my four to eight bucket, man. I, I do not like laying a big number with Mahomes, especially this team, but they're getting to that point, Cody, that they they need to win this game, not yeah. only just because they need to build confidence, but because they need to make the playoffs. They will be at nine and seven if they lose this game. I think they're going to get in anyway, just because the AFC West is a dumpster fire, but uh they they need to win Uh, they they need to show that they still have something left and seven points is not a lot to lay against this Bengals team that has a horrible defense and Jake Browning is still Jake Browning on the offensive side yeah he he definitely he looked like a backup quarterback when he wasn't throwing the ball to Jamar Chase 15 times in this game plus past week so um Jamar be back yeah if he's back I don't love the Kansas City side but I mean I've said it on this podcast a bunch. I don't love betting on the teams that I root for personally just because it it becomes a little bit more than just about, you know, watching the game as a fan. So probably won't. Not saying I won't absolutely do it, but I don't mind laying the points with Kansas City. That's they got just humiliated on Christmas Day in basically a primetime spot on Monday you know, at 12. So I could definitely see them coming out. Like you said, they have to win a game to go ahead and just lock up the division before uh, week 17. Um, so I could see it, but if Jamar's back, I mean, we've seen Jake Browning when he has his full allotment of weapons, he can at least look somewhat useful. Um, and it's just hard. I, I, maybe I just need to be another day removed from this past week's game, but that just the way that that entire offense looked was just very concerning to me. For the Chiefs. Yeah, I, again, I think this is mostly just a, a value play here uh, where another game where I bet the look-ahead line was much closer to 10, even though the Bengals looked bad last week. Uh, I think uh, you know the, the public is trying to get off of this Chiefs team. I think this is another one that could fall a little farther. I'll need to do a little more research into uh, where the pros are leaning here, but kind of like the Chiefs to finally bounce back here. I think we may have we may have hit rock bottom in that Raiders game last week and uh, – you know, this is still a really talented coaching staff. Obviously, they have the best quarterback in the world. So covering a seven-point spread against a Bengals team with no Joe Burrow and maybe no Jamar Chase should be a layup for this Chiefs team. Uh, obviously, we'll uh, we'll see later in the week where this line goes. 
Last game of the slate here, Packers at Vikings. Vikings two-point home favorites over under 46 and a half. Um, I, I, I think I want to lean Minnesota here. Uh, this is another game that just feels really coin flippy though. Uh, I've, I've, uh, I think I've talked about enough games so far that I like to not have to lean one way or the other in this one. I'll do some research on it, but I think I'm probably staying away. I kind of like the over 46 and a half, honestly. That would be an interesting over. Um, I don't love this game really either way right now. Um, let me look, see if I can find anything. Is this game on Monday? Or do all the... This is uh, Sunday night. I don't think there is a Monday game this week. Oh, thank goodness. That's going to be really helpful for fantasy championships, not having to wait an extra day. <laughs> yeah. Not having to wait all day Monday to figure out if you win your fantasy championship or not. Um, yeah, I don't necessarily love this game either way, honestly. I, I could see Green Bay uh, just being the better team, which I kind of want to say that they are at this point. But at the same time, the Minnesota defense has been really solid uh, over the course of the past couple of months. Their offense is okay. Obviously, Hawkinson not being there is probably going to be a little bit of a concern. But uh, Jefferson's back. I actually don't know. Did Addison end up coming back in the game last weekend, or is he having no, no, no? So he hurt his ankle. Uh, he's probably going to be out. It sounded like a high ankle, um, but. You know, I, they have no reason to rush him back. They're seven and eight. I think they'd have to win out and have some things bounce sure. their way to make the playoffs. So I, I would imagine Addison and Hawkinson will be out of this one. Yeah. So I'm a little bit on the Green Bay side, but not enough to really, you know, give you a lot of confidence to bet it right now. We'll see where the line moves throughout this week to see if that kind of sways us. I'll do a little bit more research about both these teams and their injury situations, as well as their playoff situations, because that definitely matters when you're betting down this final stretch. But uh, for now, slight lean on the Packers, but nothing too strong from my side. All right, that is the last game of the slate, Cody. Do you have anything else you want to throw in there before we get out of here, or do you want to uh, save those thoughts for Saturday? We'll save them for Saturday. Nothing, uh, which actually I need to talk to you about this afterwards because I am going to the Mizzou game on Friday, and we're driving back Saturday. So may either have to just You're post going? them on. Yes, yeah, we got tickets to go down to oh, Dallas for the Mizzou-Ohio State game. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, I know. It's been, Fuck. That's also what is causing like my just complete confusion on days within this week. Yeah. Is we're leaving on Thursday Damn. morning to go down there. Uh, so that's fucking great. I'm actually I'm glad you. you said that because I'll, I'll post about this on social media as well. But there is, a, there is a chance that we will just be posting our picks. At least maybe we'll post them on Saturday, and then whenever I get back, we can record a pod and at least put something out for the people to explain our sides on them. But make sure to double-check the Facebook uh, group for the picks in case we can't get that one done. Uh, but my other comment that I did want to make was uh, shout-out to Detroit fans for at least the Lions being able to win the NFC North because the Pistons tonight lost their 27th straight regular season game in a row, <laughs> breaking the NBA single-season record for consecutive yeah. losses. So. Uh, they started two and one. Yeah. <laughs> How did they start two and one? Were they, were they two and 29 or two yep. and 28? Oh my God. Yep. That is, that is insane. It is insane. Oh. I, I can't remember well, what it was, but there's whoever the other really bad team is in the NBA, the Pistons beat in that third game to go two and one, and then they've just gotten demolished every game since then. Oh so. my God. That's hilarious. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Uh, so if this is our last record of the week. Do you want to give your five or what, at least what it would be right now, uh, prospectively? And then, uh, again, we will update on Saturday with our official picks, whether it's a post or a pod is TBD. But sure, uh, let's run through what our fives would be if you want to go first. Uh, you want to go first? I've got to get my yeah, I got separately. Okay, so Dallas minus six uh, would definitely be in there. I'm going to take the Giants plus six as well uh, for now. Arizona plus ten and a half would be in there. Uh, and then I'm going to take Miami plus four. I'm hoping that number goes up, but I do like that play. I think the last spot would be between New Orleans plus three and Casey minus seven. I'll lean New Orleans plus three just because the trends are probably going to tell me to take that game a little stronger than the trends would tell me to take the Chiefs minus seven. But uh, those last, I'd say the last two are definitely – eligible to be switched out uh the, the first three though i feel pretty darn good about dallas minus six giants plus six and arizona plus ten and a half i like all of those numbers uh i think 
unless they fluctuate massively, those those uh, those three will be in for sure. Absolutely. Uh, so a couple of caveats on these because it is a little early in the week, but Indianapolis plus three as long as Michael Pittman is in that game. Minus three. Sorry, Indianapolis. Well, I'll take him plus three if you want to give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Indianapolis minus Jeez three him. as long as Michael Pittman is in that game. Uh, I will take the Giants plus six as long as Tyrod Taylor is the starting quarterback. I like the yeah. under Good 47 guy, yeah. and a half in the Arizona Philadelphia game. Um, let's see. I'm going to give you those three right now. And I mean, I like I said, I guess slightly in on Green Bay plus two. You don't don't Sunday force night. him in there. Don't but, force him in there. Yeah, I'll I'll give more reasoning whether it's a post or a pod with my other two picks. But so far, the three I feel pretty good about this early is Indianapolis minus three, the Giants plus six, and then the under in the Arizona and Philadelphia game. Sweet. All righty, dude. Cool, cool. Uh, I think that's all I've got for you. If you want to get out of here, yep, let's do it. Uh, let's go, Tigers. Let's bring home a win against Ohio State. Hopefully, Hell it's yeah, a brother. great trip down to Dallas. And uh, yeah, Nick, I will talk to you later on this weekend. Sounds good, brother. All right, peace out, everybody. <laughs>